Hey everyone, welcome back. This is New and Nerdworthy, your week in review for July 19th through July 26th. I'm, I'm Tanner. We have a pretty big week of news. Um, we weren't sure how big the week would be after our big episode last week, but we did end up getting some some big news over the over the course of the week. And this uh, week in review span, uh, like Tanner said, from July 19th to the to through today, we've got some news that came today as well. So we're going to talk about that. But we do have two big, I guess we could say featured things that we're going to talk about first before we dive into the other news over the course of this past week. But our first two big stories, we're going to talk about how we finally have a Batgirl. And then we're also going to jump into Tanner and I's MCU rankings. We're going to sit and talk about where we rank things now that Loki has finished up and we don't really have any Marvel content until August 11th when What If comes to town. But first, we're going to talk about Batgirl. Now, this is something that has been, I guess, gestating is maybe a good way to put it over at Warner Brothers. It's bounced back and forth 4,000 times between, I think it started with Joss Whedon, unfortunately, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. And and if you guys didn't uh, check us out, we actually made a prediction on our Batgirl in our, our first weekly review. So if you want to see how wrong we are, we'll, we'll uh, feel yeah, free to go back know, and check us out. But yeah, I, I, you're right though. It did start from what I remember. Uh, I think the bat girl and maybe it was a birds of prey movie that he was going to be involved in. Um, that kind of got his spinoff into him jumping on uh, yeah. justice league yeah. and doing what he did with that. Um, because that was, that was when they got him into the fold from what I remember. Um, and then we all saw how Justice League turned out. And then I think at that point, they're just like, yeah, uh, not this. Um, and we also got a confirmation, I guess, through the through the report that this is going to be an HBO Max movie, um, which is, I think, uh, the first, to my knowledge, first exclusive yeah, movie that they've had. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's going to release that, in that theaters. Is so that's interesting that if it'll but. be its first, like, exclusively on HBO Max movie. But, you know, we did get the prediction wrong. But at the same time, I think all four <laughs> actresses would have made great Barbara Gordons. Uh, but we do know, you know a little bit of drum roll that Leslie Grace from In the, In the Heights fame um, is going to be our Barbara Gordon moving forward. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a great choice, I think, really. I, like I said, I don't think they could have gone wrong with it either for she's young. She can play this character for a decade plus if they wanted to. Um, she injects some youth into, you know, the the Batman mythosphere that's, you know, just been Bruce Wayne for a, a long time or a Robin with nipples if you're going to count Batman and Robin. Um, so <laughs> I'm very interested to see where this goes. Um, you know, I, I wondered whether it was going to be a show or a movie, you know, or how it would, if it would have worked better as a show or a movie. But I do think there are some interesting prospects, especially from a subscriber standpoint, like from a subscriber selling standpoint to making it a, an HBO max exclusive film, I think makes it um, interesting. But the one question I did have uh, for you, Tanner is, do you think that, a Bruce Wayne Batman will be involved in this or will this operate with him in the background? Maybe, maybe you don't see him. Maybe you don't hear you. You just hear of him. Or do you think Bruce Wayne will be directly involved? Yeah. So really what we're talking about is, are we going to get like a, uh, 
a Titans feel right. like kind of what they had going on. And I, I'll, I'll admit, I have not watched uh, Titans or, or that uh, sect of the DCEU or again, the problem I have with the DCU EU is I'm not a hundred percent sure what's in what's out. Um, and that makes watching some of this stuff uh, very difficult for me. Like I used to love, and, and Ian and I used to sit in our tiny uh, apartment in our, our dorm room and then our house yep. on, on campus and watch arrow well, and they used flash to be great and, shows. uh, you know, so right, exactly. And, and even for yeah. CW, they did pretty well. And then, uh, they kind of fell off and that's kind of when I kind of lost a little bit of interest in the DCEU, but they kind of hinted in those shows, right? Similarly right. that there was a Batman out there. We didn't really see him. Yeah. That, that's kind of my question, right? It's, is this going to exist with Robert Pattinson's Batman? Or are we going to explore earth two? Because remember they also have right. that Gotham PD show that exists within Earth 2 with Robert Pattinson's mm-hmm. Batman that's coming to HBO Max. So, th- I mean, logically, if you're going to make like an HBO right. Max universe, like mm-hmm. Marvel did with the Netflix universe, then maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Um, again, I-, I think to me, I'll be honest, like while I didn't necessarily hate uh, and I actually enjoyed Ben Affleck as Batman, I didn't like, right. he wasn't the problem most of the time for me. Um, I am probably more excited for Batman than I've ever been since, you know, Christian Bale mm-hmm. with Robert Pattinson. I think he's going to kill it. So the more we can build on that universe, the better for me. Um, and you also have Jeffrey Wright as commissioner Gordon. And I think that fits logically. I think Jeffrey Wright, I love mm-hmm. Jeffrey Wright and everything he does. Um, I'm excited to see him and yeah. hear him. And what if I guess, so um, I, I would like, I would like to have that interaction because I think a lot of the story, right. Is, you know, and I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, disparage anybody, but her story is largely driven by her uh, connection right. to Batman and, and, right. and commissioner Gordon. So I, you know, I don't think that's uh, I don't think it's a bad thing and I think it would help the story. So I'm all on board with, let's just, let's just hang out yeah. in her tooth for a while and uh, do some Robert Pattinson and some, some Batgirl. Uh, like, like, like Ian said, I'm, I'm happy with the choice. Uh, I thought she was great in Agreed. in the yeah. Heights um, and, and, and the scenes that she, she was in, um, I'll be interested to see if Barbara maybe <laughs> sings for us a little bit because uh, apparently she can do that. So, um, yeah, so I, I you know, I, I'm interested. Um, I, I'm kind of glad that they kind of went away from Zoe Deutsch who I, again, I adore, yeah. but, uh, I just, this made sense for me. And so I like the casting and like you said, Ian, I hope, I hope we do see some Batman interaction. And I hope it's with Robert Pattinson. Now I don't know if you well, can get him you know, to read that's, that, the, that's another story well, that's, for a different day. <laughs> that's where I'm kind of split on this because on one hand I do want to see that, and I think because I think this Batgirl will be a little bit more lighthearted than the other thing. I mean, the Batman based on that trailer that we've seen and some of the set photos and stuff, that movie's not going to be a happy movie. And I would assume Gotham PD nope. will not be a an extremely positive TV show either. Um. So on, on one hand, I could I could see Barbara Gordon coming in and injecting a little bit of optimism into that Earth Two, if that's what we're going to call this. Um, I, th- I think that's what I call it. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure that's what they what they said. But um, I, but I also on the flip side, you know, I, I understand Bat Batflex days are numbered. I loved Batflex. Uh, like you said, he was very clearly not the problem. Um, but. No. I would like to see a version that can, that moves on with um, 
Black Canary and the Huntress into the Birds of Prey. I, mean, I, th- I think that Harley Quinn movie is an excellent movie, and I would like to see Barbara with them too. So I think you know I think it works both ways. So I'm very interested to see. But we also have that third option of this is something completely different. DC's been doing that kind of thing. This might yep. be something all on its own. Um, yeah, actually, you know, now that you said that, if this does exist in the the Batfleck portion of the DCEU, maybe this character is what brings some humanity back yeah. to Bruce because the Bruce we see with Batfleck is the scarred, yeah. uh, you know, we've already been through all the traumatic, like right. some of the big traumatic Todd's been murdered experiences in already, some of the comics. Yeah. Exactly, right? You, all that stuff is off screen, but maybe this is, if it is in that universe, maybe this is the yeah. shoot some humanity back into to Batfleck, who we know based on some other things that we'll talk about later is uh, is apparently yeah. still hanging around in the DCEU, um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I'm you know great casting. I'm excited to see it. You know, I think people probably think we're 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 Marvel uh, we're Marvel fanboys, and we are. But you know, I'm, I I think both of us are proud to say that yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to have, boys we're gonna have a huge, a huge deep dive in just a couple of weeks when suicide squad comes out. So, um, it, you know, when, oh, when looking forward to that, you know, our episodes so far have been pretty Marvel focused cause that's what we've had. But now, you know, now the DC is going to start giving us some more content then that's exactly what we'll talk about. you know, I, I also for Batgirl, I think it would be really neat to kind of mesh this with Batman beyond in a way. To where, you know, I don't know if you try to get Batflick back and tell him, like, look, man, you don't need to be as in great and crazy shape. You're not going to have to do all the action, all that stuff. But make him have him come back or just cast somebody completely new as a Bruce Wayne who's done with Batman. And then maybe we can still continue those stories that we've been pining to see that Zack Snyder teased. Like, okay, maybe now this movie is where we see Batgirl, the Bat, the Bat family taking care of the red hood. Maybe this is where the red hood comes out and it's Batgirl taking, you know, trying to bring Jason Todd back to reality. You know, I think that would be neat as well. Um, obviously I, I doubt they're going to do that. I think that somewhere at Warner brothers, there are plans for Batman beyond. Um, I think they'd be dumb not to have plans for that. Yeah, somewhere. I would but agree. Either way, I think yeah, exactly, they surprised yeah. us before um, them. I think the, Batgirl is in good hands with Leslie Grace and uh, HBO Max. I think I think that's a good a good place to put Batgirl and a good place where Batgirl can live for a long time, which I think is the most important thing to me. Is yep. that I don't want this to be a a one and done scenario. I need this. I know you know I don't want I don't want a, a Black Widow situation where we're we're getting a movie that can't have <laughs> is it really going to have a sequel? Um, <laughs> well, speaking always, of Black Widow, look at that transition. Look at that transition. <laughs> That's a great transition by Ian. Um, so obviously we teased it in our first uh, weekly update. So again, if you want to check it out, let us know. Ian and I are going to kind of give you our, our lay of the land based on uh, in the MCU. Now that we've got uh, Black Widow and Loki wrapped up. Um, and again, we've deep dived both Black Widow and Loki, the finale <laughs> and kind of the show generally. Um, uh, Black Widow in Smells Like Teen Spirit and Thunderbolts and Loki in our podcast episode uh, for all time in a jet ski. So if you haven't checked those out, uh, that'd be great. Um, You know, we really kind of get into the nitty gritty there, but uh, we wanted to kind of give you where we thought the the MCU kind of stacked up now that we've got those two entries. 
Um, and, and we'll kind of give you, my, my plan is to give you the top five. I'll tell you where I slotted in, uh, Loki, if mm-hmm. it's not in my top 10, um, and, and, or widow, if it's not in my top 10, and then I'll give you my bottom five of where I think the MCU is right now, based on and then I'm what I liked uh, the most and what I didn't like the most. Exactly. Um, so starting in, in spoiler alert, Ian and I's top 10 or, uh, yeah, I think I all think the movies are. are the same, right? Ian, but we're, we're in a little different order. Um, so for me, Infinity War is the best MCU movie they've made. Um, we, we can get into that if you guys want to talk about it, but to me, that's the best. Um, Avengers is second. Uh, the original Avengers uh, laid the, the groundwork for everything they've built uh, in terms of the, the team-up movies. So I have to go them number two. Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier is probably the best movie for me um, in terms of you know filmmaking, et cetera. So that's my number three. Uh, I'll go a little off the board with Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I think it's in your top 10. I might have it a little higher than, than Ian, uh, five, the OG Iron Man. I got to give him love. It might not be the, the best or coolest movie, but we wouldn't be here without it. Uh, in game six for me, uh, obviously that, that last 45 minutes to an hour, uh, is unlike anything we've seen. So that's why it's up in there. Uh, far from home, Spider-Man far from home. Uh, that's number seven, uh, for me. I mean, self-explanatory, I think. Uh, Loki comes in at number eight for me. Uh, I thought the show, uh, it could get higher as we move forward here based on the implications, but that's why I'm going to leave it for now. Uh, Black Panther nine and guardians of the galaxy. Number one, uh, I guess volume one, uh, is number 10. Uh, and, and that, that's yeah. kind of where I sit right now. And then you go ahead and give your top 10 and then we can kind of get into, Oh, I guess before you do that, I'll say I slotted cause what is not going to be my bottom five. I slotted uh, Black Widow in at 16 uh, based on uh, where we sit now. So uh, I'll kick it over to you to give your your top 10 and tell us if Widow or yeah, Loki like, uh, where like that Yeah, like said, I think our top 10 are the same movies, just kind of spread around a little bit differently. And I think that, that our top 10s are probably not very controversial. I think there are a lot of people that will have these same movies in the top 10. I, I mean, I think they they all... There are a lot of movies that deserve to be in the upper pantheon of MCU films, but I think these these ten really do stand out. I think as opposed to the other, you know, seventeen. Uh, but I'm just like Tanner. I'm going to start with Infinity War. I think it is the best overall movie that they've done. Uh, I'm gonna, and then number two, I'm going to start. I'm going to have Winter Soldier because, like Tanner said, from a filmmaking standpoint, that movie is absolutely incredible. Uh, number three, I'm going to have Avengers. So just one lower, the first Avengers. So that's going to be just one lower than, than Tanner there. Um, a little bit of difference here. I've got Endgame at number four. Uh, Tanner had that a couple spots lower. Um, that 45 minutes is just some of the most intense filmmaking <laughs> I've ever seen. And then I also really yep. do like Natasha's death. Um, I think that is an emotional surprise that a lot of people weren't expecting. And it really hits really hits you deep. Um, but there are, you really enjoyed watching. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it is. I just, I enjoy watching <laughs> her fall so many times. Uh, but, um, if you take those pieces out of the movie, that movie probably doesn't land in the top 10 for me. Um, I, I don't particularly enjoy the rest of that film. Um, and I say that, take that with a grain of salt by, you know, by, by saying I don't enjoy that's compared to the rest of the MCU, which is all very good. So I'm not saying that the movie is bad by any stretch of the imagination. 
Uh, but moving on, number five, I have Spider-Man Far From Home. I think that movie just encapsulates what Spider-Man is to me. Um, you know, Spider-Man got me into comics. Spider-Man, is, you know, was the first superhero I ever fell in love with, like most kids, I think. And, you know, it's either Spider-Man or Batman that really gets kids into superheroes, I think. But um, I think, I mean, I, I mean, that's a really, I mean, put pencils in I, I mean, fingers. I don't, I don't think there's a a, a song in the world that kids are like that people our age can hum all the way through like they can with the X-Men animated series song. (laughs) So I think that's a, that's a perfect way to look at it too. Also on Disney Plus. It it holds up actually. I mean, it's the animation (laughs) doesn't hold up well, but you know, it's still X-Men. It's still fun. Um, But their portrayal of uh, Mysterio to me was absolutely spot on. I think it was perfect. You know, he's never been the real magician outside of some multiversal stuff, which, you know, maybe we'll see that down the line now that we've exploded this universe. But um, I loved seeing, you know, the the technical side to Mysterio, you know, taking his mirage tendencies and amplifying them with technology. I thought that was awesome. Jake Gyllenhaal kills it. But why that that movie stands out to me so much because of the relationship between MJ and Peter Parker for me in that movie. You know, they they hint at it in um, Homecoming, but they really, you know, obviously the relationship blossoms a bit in Far From Home. And and I think that's that that dynamic between Tom Holland and Zendaya um, is what makes the movie so great to me. Um, Yeah. And that illusion scene is second to no single scene in, oh, yeah, in the that. Marvel Cinematic Universe for me that it, it's on it that that shot mm-hmm. and that that sequence is a mm-hmm. stunning piece there, of there might not be anything so more haunting that, than I, seeing Tony yep. Stark's grave and then having zombie Iron Man crawl out of it two months after we watched him well die. we're definitely we're gonna yeah, get, we're gonna more get more zombies, zombies in case people <laughs> you know, Bucky's gonna be fighting zombie Captain America if the trailers are any indication but number six, I have Thor Ragnarok. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with Thor. Thor Ragnarok is, is a fantastic movie. Like there's from beginning to end, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think it's an, a fantastic movie that is just so hard to rank higher because there are other fantastic movies. I love Thor Ragnarok to death. Um, there is, you know, from the multiverse standpoint, it's hard not to see multiverse of madness is the the most hyped movie. But for me personally, just based off of like my love for the comic, this con Jason Aaron's comic book series, you know, there might not be a, a, a movie I'm more hyped for than love of love and thunder. Um, and that's just based off of how excellent of a movie Thor Ragnarok is combined with the promise of Jane Foster Thor. I think, you know, that movie's going to be probably if, if by any indication, this and- movie's probably going to rank higher than Ragnarok for me. So, yeah, and and you've probably got now that the Russos have moved on and James Gunn is moving on, uh, you've probably got their best yeah. remaining director. I mean, Peyton Reed's mm-hmm. probably in that conversation, but I mean, what Taika Waititi has been doing, uh, not only in the MCU but yeah. you know, Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. uh, in, in in the shadows, like everything that he's I been mean, doing even is, is a home run. So, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah his episodes Stellar. of Mandalorian yeah. are um, great and. And maybe he's going to bring some life <laughs> back into Star Wars yeah. for us too. So. Yeah, he's got a movie. He's got one coming. So that's what number saying, seven yeah. um, is a new one to my list. Uh, that's going to be Loki. 
I'm adding Loki there at number seven. So just right there with Tanner's. Um, the show's yeah. great. And I think Loki is in a, an interesting position because there is room for movement with Loki. You know, a lot of these other movies are kind of set in, set in stone here. You know, they're the only reason some of these movies for me are going to rise or fall is if other ones take their place. But Loki has the opportunity. It's the first opportunity we're going to see more of that show, of that property. So, you know, season two could make that show jump or it could make it fall. You never know. Uh, but right now, I think I have Loki at number seven. That finale is just, ugh, just chef's kiss. Uh, number eight, yep. um, Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Um, yeah, uh, what what can you say about Guardians of the Galaxy? It's a gr- it's an excellent movie. It's hilarious. It's got a fantastic action. Um, I, you don't see sa- space operas like that outside of Star Wars. Um, um, it, I mean, yeah. What else can you say about it? It's an amazing it's an amazing film. But um, I guess just a little bit off topic from the top 10, I think in terms of the movie series, I don't think it gets, there's as much, there's as big of a difference for me in other trilogies as there is between Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy number one, like I just said, is number eight on my list. But as you'll hear in just a few minutes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is in my bottom five. So I think that's an interesting um, dichotomy there. Um, yeah, my my biggest jump, I think, in the series. Is well, the, okay, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's, a good, that's a good point. That's probably Thor that's probably, Dark that, World. That, yeah, those, that's true for me of, as well. Yeah. Never mind. I'll take that back. Uh, number, yes, very close. They're close number yeah, nine, close. Um, the original Iron Man. It started everything on top of being a fantastic movie. Solid. Um, just, you know, yep. Robert Downey Jr. I mean, Nothing needs to. Nothing else needs to be said about that. Uh, and number ten, Black Panther. Excellent, excellent film. Um, excellent positive message. Did a lot of things for film in general outside of just what it did for the MCU. Um, and I can't wait for Wakanda Forever. Um, it's going to be an emotional trip to the theater for everyone. Um, yeah, but it's going to be hard to watch. It's going to you know all those actors are going to you know, bring their all and it's going to be a fantastic film. Uh, but to go off of what Tanner did, you know, we, we just did our episodes on Loki and black widow. I do disagree. And with Tanner a bit, and you can listen to our deep dive on that, on that disagreement, but I have black widow, um, as the first movie outside of the top 10, I have it as number 11. I actually very, I'm very high on this movie. Um, and I've watched it, four times now. So I, and I don't, so I don't think that that, that ranking is going to change much. Um, I really do um, love that, love that film, but I'll go ahead and I will uh, lead us off with our bottom five. And Tanner can, Tanner can follow up on the bottom five there, but you know, right out, actually right outside the bottom five is guardians of the galaxy volume two. But our first one on the bottom five for me is the original Thor. Um, I think this movie might take some of the biggest swings of the MCU. Kenneth Branagh really wanted the, you could tell Kenneth Branagh was really going for something here, but I just don't think it hits on the things that he wanted. You know, I, I think he was trying to make it like a, like some sort of epic, like a, like a Greek Roman Norse epic. And, and there are parts of it that play like that, I think, but I, I think the movie mostly misses, um, it set up some, obviously, some of the, you know, Ragnarok is one of our 
one of both of our favorite movies in the MCU, but um, this movie is just not great. Uh, number 24, which is number two on the bottom five, um, Iron Man 2. Again, this movie has a lot of great ideas, fantastic action, but one of the worst villains uh, that the MCU's ever seen in Whiplash. And Justin Hammer is really not that better of a villain, um, especially when you know how prominent Justin Hammer is in the Iron Man comics. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think that has anything to do with the acting or anything like that. I just don't think that uh, neither either of those villains were written very well. Um, the high, a high, I guess, a highlight of that movie is definitely War Machine's introduction. Um, and that that final fight scene where Iron Man and War Machine are fighting for the first time together, excellent scene in an otherwise bad movie. Uh, number twenty five, and we tendered. And I disagree a little bit, I guess, about this bottom five, but, you know, largely the movies are the same in here. Um, number 25, I have The Incredible Hulk. Um, I know a lot of people have that as the very bottom of their list, uh, but I'll get into why I don't have that um, here in a few minutes. Uh, but, I, you know, we're going to see The Abomination again uh, with Tim Roth again. Um, so I, I think they're, you know, People will be watching this movie again for the first time in a very long time, I think, when She-Hulk comes out. But that doesn't mean, I guess, necess- that people necessarily really want to watch this movie again. Um, I think there, there's some cool action in the movie. <laughs> um, I, I like the final fight scene between Abomination and the Hulk. Um, I like seeing, you know, the iconic Hulk smash with, you know, the thunderclap. Um, I, I do love, I do love seeing that. Um, it does beg the question, Tanner and I were talking about this earlier, where the hell has Betty been um, this whole time? Yeah, just, just total gone. Beulah. She's just out. Just not, you know, not even going to mention her ever again, I guess. Um, but, yep. yeah, I That's mean, I, like. and there's no indication that she's in She-Hawk either. So, I mean, I think Betty's just gone. Nope. Um, number 26, Thor the Dark World. It's just not a good movie, guys. I mean, <laughs> and, it, and it should have been, is, yeah, the, is yeah. what the problem is. Malekith is an incredible villain in the comics, done just horribly. And they had, this is one of the first movies, they had a lot of problems in production with this movie. Um, writing issues and directing issues. Um, so it's a, it's a wonder that it came out even as okay as it did if you want to say that, but yep, um, it's just not a good movie. That's why it's at the bottom. And then my personal least favorite, and one of the only times I've actually thought about getting up and leaving the theater in the middle of a movie um, outside of, outside of rise of Skywalker, <laughs> I guess is Iron yeah. Man three. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people loved yeah. the joking reveal of the Mandarin, mm-hmm. but I absolutely adore the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a blatant slap in the face to me, like Kevin, like Kevin Feige was reaching through the screen and just smacking Ian in the face when Trevor Slattery came out of the bathroom and wasn't actually the Mandarin that I was hoping for. Um, I, you know, my wife will still talk about it to this day when she she remembers the audible uh, rant of cuss words that came out of my mouth in the theater as that happened. Um, and just side note, Kevin Feige, if you're listening and want to 
hit either one of us. Oh in the yeah, face. I'll take happily you know, accept. Fun I'll fact: in the fa- Yeah, we've actually seen Kevin Feige in the flesh from about five feet away, and it was probably the one of the we, greatest moments of our lives. Uh, yeah, I could, couldn't no, couldn't we muster were, up the strength to talk to We both him, kind but, uh, of froze, <laughs> if I remember right, uh, when we were at D twenty three. Yeah, we both just kind of froze, right. and you like yep. I remember yep. you like elbowing me, and all you could muster was Kevin Feige, and like, and then we both had a panic yep. attack. But, uh, but you know, Iron Man three is even outside of that reveal, the uh, they ruined the the ex, uh, extremis storyline from the comics. That's so great. Um, it, it's just not good. Guy, I don't. And this is nothing against Guy Pierce, but I don't enjoy his portrayal of that character in the film. I, I usually am not a huge fan of Guy Pierce no. movies anyway. Um, like I said, it's nothing against the actor. I just don't really like many of the movies that he's in. Um, yeah, that's really all I got to say. I, I do not watch that movie. I haven't watched it in a very long time, and I don't plan on watching it for a while. Yeah, I mean... Again, we we're going to get into some things that we disagree about in our rankings. I don't disagree uh, much at all here. I've got uh, we're going from twenty three to twenty seven. Um, so for me, Iron Man two is twenty three. Uh, same problems you had with it. Uh, you know, Whiplash, not it, just just a swing and a whiff for me. Um, Could have been cool. I, I didn't like Justin Hammer. You know, I, there were some cool scenes, like you said, but generally. Not my favorite. Uh, Thor: The Dark World, uh, another swing and a swing and a whiff for me. I think the only redeeming quality. I think we kind of get to see uh, some cool scenes with uh, emotional yes. Loki when he finds yes. out uh, that Free Free is dead. Um, so that was a positive, and I and I like the dynamic. Some he he was really the the mm-hmm. the, the star of the show for me. You know, the reveal at the end uh, mm-hmm. that he was on the throne, the the reveal that he was yeah. alive, he faked his death. Um, I think those are the redeeming qualities for me, but in an otherwise not great movie. Um, I'm probably going off the board and I hope I don't offend people here, but uh, 25 is Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me. Uh, Listen, I, I wanted to love this show and I thought it had everything in it to be great. Uh, Zemo is very clearly the best part of the entire show. Um, And, and, and I wanted to put it higher just because of him. I think my biggest problem is they hit on some very important themes yes, and then skipped over them. Um, you, know, you know, like the, the Isaiah Bradley being the, the first black captain America uh, that they kind of shove aside, uh, you know, that the government shoves aside, you know, I think, I thought mm-hmm. they could really draw that out. Uh, I, I thought that uh, even, even Bucky, the, the one scene that we get with him in Wakanda where he's trying to kick the, you know, the, yeah. the indoctrination uh, from his time as the winter soldier is great, but like that could have been an entire episode. I would have loved that. John Walker yeah. could have been more drawn out to me. Like how can he throw the freaking shield? Just like captain America. He has no superpowers. He's nothing, you know, give me some backstory. Uh, make me feel that relationship with Battlestar a little bit more, but like before Battlestar dies and he kind of flips. So there are just some theming points for me that like I, I really struggled with. And I thought they rushed again, the, the Sam reveal in the suit at the end is awesome. I thought mm-hmm. it was a great symbol, um, but I would have loved to see that yeah. just drawn out a little more. I think if they would have gone eight episodes, uh, that would have been better for the show. I mean, we're well, you know, and here, I don't but, even, uh, I, don't, I just I don't thought it was even awesome have, you know, 
this is this, this isn't even one of our big disagreements, honestly. Uh, I have it at twenty, so it's not that far out of the bottom for me. Um, it is Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a jumbled. I, I don't even want to say mess. It's it's a it's a smorgasbord of great things put together in a bad way, in my opinion. Um, yep. Like yep. you said, you know, um, Zemo is far and away the best part of the whole show. And, and, you know, I might have even had it ranked higher if this show was called Falcon featuring the Winter Soldier. But the fact that the Winter Soldier is in the title of the show and kind of thrown to the side the whole time, you know, I, I absolutely love the message that they tried to push. Like you said, I think they even fell through on that a little bit until that finale. Um, so I really would have liked to have seen more of the winter soldier struggle at the same time. Now, maybe we, you know, but just like Loki, um, I said that Loki could rise and fall depending on what we get. If we get more Falcon and the winter soldier, um, this show could rise on the rise in the rankings. Um, I, I, I would hope so, you know, but I also was not a huge fan of, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm also, you know, I, I like the car, the character of Sharon Carter, but I, I, I didn't really. I Wasted. honestly didn't even buy her as a villain. I don't. I don't think. Yeah. It, I don't think That's it fair. worked very well. Um, yeah, and it, it just seemed like there's too many villains going mm-hmm. on, right? You've got Zemo. You've got uh, Aaron Kellerman, who like, w- yeah. okay, like I get it. She like wants to go back to the way things were during the blip, but like, <laughs> why? Like, it would have been better to me if you yeah. like tie it into John Walker somehow. She has some like vitriol towards John Walker. That would have been like a better storyline to me. You just made up this terrorist, you know, semi terrorist, you know, rebellious organization and put a face on it. Um, Aaron Kellerman did as yeah, much as she could yeah. with it. And I thought she did a great job, but like, it's just and, not convincing to me. Like you've got, she three deserves, she deserves more and, screen and time fourth, in general, because I thought also thought she was yeah. great in Han Solo, but yeah. And, and again, like she, like, Sharon may not even be the power broker because who the hell is she talking well, to just, there at the end? Like we've got all these weapons now. Like there's just too much going on. They try to do too much. I respect the swings, but like it, they took swings at the expense of the, the important story, which was the, the, the tension. It Sam was yeah, the, the, the shield, shield itself like, should have been the focus of yeah. the whole show from the moment it started to the moment it ended. And it wasn't, it was the focus yeah. at the beginning and right. then the focus at the end. And it should have been that way all the way but, through. Yeah, if you guys want to hear us do a deep that dive, that might be an angry deep dive. Let us know. You know our, I, think our, I think our other it two deep be. dives have been maybe, maybe. fairly positive. But that one, I don't know if that one would. Right. Yep. So uh, similar to Ian, I've got Iron Man 3 at 26 uh, for, for the same reasons. I don't think I need to add anything uh, there. And the only reason it's rated higher than Hulk for me is because I, I – read Hulk comics and I, I had a huge issue. I mean, abomination was cool. The abomination yeah, look was all agreed. off the, the abomination look in, in Shang-Chi yes. looks better. And so I'm hoping there's some redemption there. Um, I, you know, I, I like Tim Roth. He Talk was about great, a wasted like, opportunity there. Uh, you know, Tim Roth is one of the most underrated yeah. actors I think in history. Yep. Yeah, and I'm 100%. glad he's coming back for She-Hulk. So that's good. But like, you know, he was kind of a, eh, and then Liv Tyler is Betty. I mean, bleh. I don't, um, yeah, she wasn't good. And then you waste William Hurt. Like that, my thing is like, listen, I, I love abomination in terms of the Hulk story, but like 
the only Hulk that really can give Hulk a run for his money is Red Hulk. And we'll never get it now because William yep. Hurt's a hundred thousand years old. Um and and that and that that kills it for me. Maybe Shang-Chi will help redeem it a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, because the only way they sits. can do Red Hawk now uh, is if Red Hawk can't change back into Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> right. And, 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 he, and he, yeah, I mean, that's uh, yeah. that's consistent with the comics, but, like, I, yeah, I, I just don't see, don't see it now. I, I just, I just, it doesn't know. work within um, their current story trajectory, I don't think. No. But let's get into a couple things. And this covers, like, the about. middle of um, the list that we didn't really get into, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the big ones, I think, I have Doctor Strange at eleven. Um, I think Doctor Strange is one of the one of the biggest swings that Marvel's ever taken um, in terms of visually stunning movie. Uh, I think the Tilda Swinton uh, casting is probably the only negative for me. Um, I understand why they did it at the time. Uh, they they they, want, they didn't want to be stereotypical, you know, to cast a an older uh, Asian or Asian American actor. I think they would have received backlash if they would have done it that way because you're being stereotypical. So they took a swing on Tilda Swinton. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I think we all in, in Kevin Feige kind of admitted that it didn't, you know, work out the way he did, but, uh, establishing Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Mordo, uh, Wong, I, you know, I thought everything in that movie worked. It was basically peeled right off the comics. Uh, you got Dormammu, which, you know, that's, I would have, I would venture to guess we're going to see more of him. Um, and, and I thought Benedict Cumberbatch uh, mm-hmm. killed that role. Uh, I was a little worried with his really severe English accent after seeing him. And uh, he did like a gangster movie where he did a Southern accent that was <laughs> uh, hard to watch, but um, I, I can't remember what it was like legends or something. I can't remember, but uh, I'm glad that he, that worked out. Uh, overall, I thought that was a great movie. I know you've got it a lot lower on it, your, you know, not a lot, but and, and you know lower that's the thing about the, this middle of the order. I think a lot of them are interchangeable. Um, so it, your arguments are 110 percent valid to make it higher on my list, but I have it as number 19, um, so significantly lower than yours. I think it is a visually out, you know, out of this world, vi- it, like great. Visually, I mean, it, it did things visually that the MCU hadn't seen before. It established the idea. It implanted the idea of the multiverse in our head. Um, but sure did. I could watching it over and over. You know, it, when I first saw this movie, I think I probably had it rated closer to where you have it. But especially now after seeing the disagreement boil over with. Derrickson and Kevin Feige, I think you can watch Doctor Strange and see where they put the gloves on Scott Derrickson. And they could, I think that there are just things that this movie could have been that I would have liked to have seen. I understand why they didn't, you know, you've got kids watching this movie too, but I, I really wish they would have let Derrickson really dive into the horror aspect. Um, which is weird though, because right, because basically from what we've heard, Sam Raimi is basically oh, been allowed to do whatever he wants. Is, you know, outside of the Spider-Man movies and a couple of other misses that he's had in his career, but he's known he got started in horror. So maybe it, it, maybe it was right. just a tone thing. Um, you know, I, I I don't know, but you, you know, I, I was really ex- you know when they hired Scott Derrickson, I was expecting a horror movie from this movie. Um, and not to say that what we got was bad, you know, it, it did a lot of cool things. Um, Mickelson did 
a lot with a role that did what that you were, you know, that was pretty minimal. Um, yeah, I don't see, I think me and you, this is probably part of the reason I'm not entirely convinced that Mads, Mads Nicholson's not making an appearance as the human form. Well, if you know, and if that like, happens, you know, then some things have got to change in my list because I, I, I genuinely love <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen as an actor, but you know, Honestly, there aren't that many negatives for me to say, and there aren't many for a lot of movies on this list. You know, there's just, I there are more arguments for things above it on the list that make it, that just make, have, like, push That's it down, right. really. Which, you know, I, I, one of our other, you know, we, we already talked about the d- disagreement with the with Black Widow, so I don't think we need to talk, touch on that too much. Um, if you'd like to... Yeah really listen to that you should check out our deep dive you know we we talk about that for about an hour and a half so um but <laughs> this is a this is a big one um a big difference between the two of us for a movie that is actually very good you know that both of us think is very good but again i think this for me gets pushed down a little lower based off of things i just think that are better um and that's spider-man homecoming tanner where'd you have that on your list I, I have it at 12. I, I think part of me ranks it a little bit higher um, because I think um, Michael Keaton is one of the most convincing bad guys the MCU mm-hmm. has seen um, as, as Vulture. I thought he was perfect. Um, I loved, you know, establishing Tom Holland, the, the throw off yeah. with MJ um, and having a, another love interest, uh, that quirky teenager. I thought Tom Holland yeah. killed that role. Again, I'll go to my grave saying that I think he's the best oh, iteration yeah. of Spider-Man on screen that we've got. Um, so, you know, we can fight about, you know, other people can fight us on that, I guess. But um, to me, you don't get Captain America Civil War without mm-hmm. Homecoming, right? I mean, I know it, it just doesn't work, right? Like, it doesn't work out the way it does if you don't have the Tom Holland. You don't have that backstory. You don't have that expo- mm-hmm. exploration. I know that uh, Civil War comes first, but like, yeah, the it movie just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, well, you know, yeah, I just well, the, I, the, to me, it's yeah, perfect. There's a lot it's, of it really is amazing. Like you said, Michael Keaton is absolutely the highlight of the movie for me, outside of you know Tom Holland's perfect portrayal of Peter Parker and Spider Man. But um, that scene in the car when he realizes that Michael Keaton is the Vulture, yeah, maybe one of the best scenes perfect. in the MCU. Yep. Period. Um, and I also love how they balanced uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yes. in that movie. Yeah. I was a little that, worried that he was going to be a crush. when we got word that he was going to be yeah. in it. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 I I thought they did a pretty good job of balancing that out. Uh, so yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, I mean, and again, I mean, this one, you know, our list disagrees, but I think it's just pushed down because there are things above it that I like more. Um, which leads to our last big disagreement here. Um, this is one of the movies that does push Doctor Strange and Homecoming down on the list for me, and that's Captain Marvel. Um, I have Captain Marvel listed at number 13, which I know is a high, not not even just compared to Tanner, but to, compared to a lot of people. Um, but I think combined with being a good movie, in my mind, as well as Brie Larson you know, just being Brie Larson in this movie with what this movie means to the MCU being the first female led movie. I I have to, I have to put it up there. 
Um, there are obvious flaws with this movie. I won't, I won't say otherwise, you know, there are things that, that for lack of a better term, this, this movie does come off as kind of generic, like formulaic, um, at times, but I, th- I think that Brie Larson just takes that formula and barrels through it like a freight train. I mean, I, I just, I think she is perfect as Captain Marvel and will remain perfect as Captain Marvel as we move into the Marvels. Um, but, but, but what this movie means to the MCU, I think is why I rate it so high. Yeah. And I think I'm not going to disagree with you. I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Um, I know your sister, Rachel, yeah. shout out, Rachel, if you're listening, is a huge 100%. Captain Marvel fan. I know my wife uh, reads a, a ton of Captain Marvel, so I read a ton of Captain Marvel or did. Um, Brie Larson to me is perfect. Uh, I, I thought she played the role great. My my biggest issues with Captain Marvel were I felt like the story was shoved in too much of the MCU yeah. backstory. Um, like I, the Tesseract seemed unnecessary to me. I didn't need to know that Fury lost his eye on a cat or a flurkin scratch. <laughs> like that was kind of, that was kind of yeah, cheesy for me. for me. Like I struggled with that. Yeah. I mean, look, the introduction of the scrolls was great. Um, there's not really a great bad guy though. Like, uh, Jude law is fine, uh, in his role, uh, but he's not, he, there's no big, Issue. And it's hard because you have a character that is so super powered that she literally runs through spaceships and kills it. So like, you know, and again, there, there's another example, right? You shove Ronan the accuser. I, it makes a little more sense in terms of the story, but like, you know, just another MCU plug. So that that's why that movie struggled for me. And, and I also think your point is well taken that it's an important tentpole movie for what it meant. But I think what we talked yes. about in the Widow deep dive, Scarlett Deserve. Johansson yeah, deserved this should have been like, her spot. 100%. 100%. 100%. And, and I think that's probably why I struggle with it a little bit. Um, and that's why I have it ranked 20. So that, yeah, that's probably our biggest our disagreement. Biggest, yeah. I just, it's, it's generic. It's, it, it shoves too much of the MCU down your throat. Um, and, and, and I don't think it, I don't think it stands as well on its own as maybe some of the other ones do. And, and to be a solo flick, I think it needs to stand yeah. alone a little bit better. Uh, and that was one of the reasons, but you know, you know some of those same things I think is what makes me look forward to the Marvels the most. You know, Captain Marvel struggles just like Superman does, honestly, with yep. being way too overpowered. Captain Marvel, from a just physical power standpoint, you know, we we can make other arguments. Obviously, from what we've seen, Scarlet Witch is generally probably the most powerful being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but from a strength and pure oomph, like physical standpoint, there is no stronger than Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is physically stronger than the Hulk. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it makes it difficult to have worthwhile villains, to have great villains. Um, and in the comics, she doesn't have that many mainstay villains. Um, you know, actually, one of them yeah. is Minerva, who they completely waste in the movie. It's one of my negatives to the movie. Um, I'm glad that yeah. we get to see Gemma Chan in another role in the MCU because she deserves it. Um, but, you know, they I think they wasted Minerva um, a lot. You know, Young Rog is an okay villain and is a, and it is one of her villains in the comics. So, you know, they, they've got they've gotten one of her very few villains. What are they going to do next? Well, what they're going to do next is introduce heroes, other heroes that complicate the situation. 
And I think that's what makes the Marvel right. so interesting moving forward. Um, we've seen that Monica is not a fan of her anymore. Based off of WandaVision, there is clearly some sort of disconnect between the two of them now. Um, so I think that, that that'll add an interesting wrinkle to the movie, to the, to Captain Marvel's character, when you have one character in Monica who knows her and no longer likes her versus Kamala Khan coming in who is absolutely obsessed, obsessed with, uh, with her and looks up to her in every facet of life and, you know, designs her costume after her and just thinks of her as, you know, the number one person in the world. So I think, I think that's going to be your big thing with whatever, again, I guarantee you that movie is going to be that as the central conflict with some generic villain. Yeah. I mean, super school yeah. probably fits now that we know secret invasions yeah. floating out there, but yeah, I'm with you. But, so, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of our wrap, wrap up there. And, uh, let's get to some other things that we teased from our, our last weekly. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a quick breakdown, uh, as, as you guys may or may not know, uh, both my wife and Ian's wife are Disney fanatics and thereby Ian and I are uh, Disney parks we fanatics. Are. So we go a lot. Yes, we a do. lot. Um, but I took a trip, uh, with my lovely wife out to, Disneyland uh, for a change of scenery uh, a couple weeks ago. We could join. I'll, I'll mention this um, that I, Ian, have not been here yet. You know, we both go to the parks a yeah, lot, but I have so, not been here yet. So, I, for for all of our nerd friends out there that maybe you know heard the news about Avengers Campus, uh, Disneyland has opened uh, a new park, or I guess a, a section of California adventure, uh, replaced what was bugs life walkthrough. I don't, I don't know. I've never, I never saw that. Um, when I, the first time I went to Disneyland, it was just a blocked off, like we're building something here. And and then this, this go around Avengers campus was open. Um, so I, I was going to give you guys just a, a few thoughts based on our experience there. Um, if you haven't, if you've been to world, but you haven't been to land, uh, it's important to keep in mind that land is significantly smaller. Um, it is a lot more intimate. It is tiny. Um, and so Avengers campus by its nature is small. Um, it's not, it's not as big as if you've been to star Wars, uh, the new, the new star Wars land, Batu, uh, at world or land that's significantly bigger in terms of size. Um, they've kind of bled. So, uh, they have, they used to have tower of terror at Disney uh, land and now they've, uh, turn that into guardians of the galaxy mission breakout. And they've bled uh, that mission breakout, which I think is significantly better than tower of terror. And I know like most Disney fans are going to disagree <laughs> with me. So sorry, you can get over it, but like, it's just better uh, than tower of terror. Like get over it, <laughs> accept it. Nobody watches twilight zone anymore. Get over it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, they've bled that into Avengers campus. Uh, from my understanding, they have another ride coming uh, when we were there. Uh, if you've seen pictures, there's a, a full size Quinjet that sits over a building. They're putting a, a, a Quinjet experience in there. Uh, it was supposed to, I think, open in 23. Who knows where it's at with uh, COVID now? I, it's been delayed. I think it'll benefit greatly uh, from that addition. Right now, uh, it's really only web slingers. And then uh, Guardians is, is a pretty 
good jaunt away. Like you have to go from web slingers around uh, Pim's test kitchen, which is the food area. Um, and then the Quinjet, that whole facility. And then you have to walk past some like seating and then you get the mission breakout. So it's kind of, it's not, it's not well shoved together They're, They probably could put some things in between that would make it flow mm-hmm. a little bit better. Um, and, and I think they'll get there. Um, I think they'll, I think if this was at world, they could do wonders with it. Uh, the characters are awesome. Uh, they have shows with when we were there, they, they, so they switch outfits every week. So when we were there, Loki was in his, uh, uh, variant jumpsuit outfit. Um, so that was cool. Uh, widow was in her white outfit. We didn't see her in the white outfit. We only saw the show in the black outfit. Um, but the show that they put on was black Panther, uh, black widow against taskmaster. And it was like a choreographed fight. And it was actually pretty cool. Like kids seen the video it. of it. You it know, actually looks pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little cheesy, but like it's for kids guys right. get over it. Um, and then they, they obviously rotate characters. The characters are sweet. Wasp, Ant-Man, uh, Thor, Loki, uh, Iron Man, Dr. Strange, Spider-Man are all characters that I remember seeing. Um, the Spider-Man uh, robot that flings is really cool. Skynet. Um, and so, but it does get crowded. Yeah. It, it gets a little <laughs> crowded over there. Um, if you're, if you're going over there for web slingers, uh, you have to get the boarding group. So you got to get up at 7 a.m. And so it works just at like 1 o'clock PM. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you've been to Disney world, um, it works just like rise of resistance. And we found out that if you get to web slingers at 7 a.m. and then get into web slingers before one, you can actually get a boarding group for rise of the resistance oh. later that day too. And we did that until the power went out and we got stuck <laughs> in rise of resistance. So uh, don't recommend that. Um, but I mean, overall, and we ate at Pim's test kitchen twice. Uh, just to highlight the, the Pim Nini is really good. If you want a lighter meal, the not so little chicken sandwich, I thought was the best thing on the, on the menu, the Chaco smash bar guys. Like, listen, I'm a big fella. If you haven't seen me in a while, like I can eat <laughs> and Syra and I couldn't finish that thing. Like it is a, it's good, but it is a lot. So if you got less than like four people, just know that you're going to throw part of that away. Um, I didn't love uh, the the um, the PIMS uh, test lab or whatever the, okay. the drink. Uh, the the we got the 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 variety pack of like different beers and seltzers. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't particularly fond of any of them, but you know, was, I'm not much of a a beer drinker anyway. Um, so you know, I'm not going to ruin it for everybody else. Um, and web slingers. I don't think you need to buy the the microtransaction web slinger. Um, Sire and I did, wrote it twice. Uh, the first time I got like 150,000. The second time I got like 220,000. It's not a, it's not a humble brag <laughs> or anything. I'm just telling you to put it in perspective. When we got off the ride, they give you like high scores. So there's four people in, in the, in the cart with you and, and your four scores are combined. The highest score uh, when we were there was like 890,000. So like my 220 without the upgrades, if, four people would have done that. We would have been in that neighborhood. Um, so like, I don't think you need it. You can, if you want it, great. I, I bought the, uh, the actual replica web slingers instead. And I thought that was a better investment yeah. on my money. The store is awesome. They've got a ton of crap, um, that I love. They've got like full size hot toys and that's a you problem know, anything you want account. Marvel related. Right, right. They've got comics, they've got everything. So n- like new comics, nothing like they don't have any like old school, uh, you know, retro comics or anything like that. But uh, it was, it was really cool. Uh, like I said, I think it would probably be better suited for world. 
if you're going and, and you want to make it like a once in a lifetime, like you're only going to get out there once, I would try to wait until they open the uh, Quinjet yeah. experience because right now, um, while the Doctor Strange show was cool uh, and, and some of the character meet and greet, if that's what you're in for, I think it's great. Um, but I, I, the ride, Web Slingers for me was like a 7 out of 10. It's it's really on par with like Toy Story Mania if you guys have ridden that, except with Spider Man. So like it's pretty freaking sweet. And like I said, I think really highly of Guardians. The problem is I rode Guardians before mm-hmm. this was built, so like I it's not really associated with the land. So maybe folks that hadn't been there before, it might be better. Um, I just think the layout's a little it's crammed where it's crammed, and then it's like yeah. strained where it's strained. Right? It, it it's kind of bizarre. Um, the food the food's overall good. Um, I think there there are better uh, overall food places. Like if you've been to right. World of Epcot, yeah. like is, is just better. Uh, but it's, it's good. And I think it's the best place to eat at California okay. adventure other than like lamplight lounge. Um, if you're going to do that for like a, a romantic mm-hmm. night. Um, so, you know, overall great. If you're a huge Marvel fan, I recommend it. But, uh, if you, if you really want to get the most out of your experience and you know, you're only going to go once I'd wait until, uh, they figure out what they're doing with the Quinjet experience. And, and it's, it seems all. almost like so. Galaxy's Edge. Like I loved Galaxy's Edge the first time we went, but it, you know, regardless of what you think about the time period of how they did things at Galaxy's Edge, um, uh, you know, it becomes a really cool experience once you also have Rise of the Resistance there. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think Galaxy's Edge could probably be oh, I agree. another I round definitely eventually. Agree. And, like, you know, I, I'm not uh, sure how it looks like at land, but in the world, they definitely have the space for one. So, yeah, yeah. So overall, you know, I'd probably give it a seven, seven and a half out of ten. Um, it's I, to me, it's not as cool as Batu. It is cool, um, but it's just not as expansive and, and as immersive as uh, you know Star Wars Land at, at World. So, like, like, uh, like Tanner and I, like we both said, we both go to we go to Disney a lot. So this is going to be part of Disney's going to be part of our discussions here. Um, my wife and I are actually going to world at Thanksgiving. Maybe Tanner will come. Maybe you won't. We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> at that point, I'm sure we'll talk, we'll have, we'll have something to say about the new Ratatouille ride. Um, should that, should that be ready? Yeah. And we got, we've exactly. got guardians coming exactly. up too. So, so and Tron and yes. Tron. So, well, our discussions will come back to Disney world, uh, in, in the, in the future, but moving on, we'll stay in the Marvel theme here, but we're going to head to Ian's corner of the world, um, with Moon Knight. Because, as I've said a million times, and will continue to say a million times more, Moon Knight is my favorite character. I am so excited for Oscar Isaac's portrayal. Um, so, one of our first news stories, um, we got a little bit of an update for Oscar Isaac. He was uh, revealing his one of his new comic that he's co-writing. Um, and in doing so, he talked about how... He was currently on the set of Moon Knight and that it is going to be a wild, wild show. And for anybody who knows the character of Moon Knight, that definitely seems to uh, trend towards the towards an accurate portrayal of the character. But we also got a little bit more news. Um, there was a, a link from a uh, talent agency that seems to reveal at least one of the villains. Um, I would be hard-pressed to believe that this is the series villain. Um, and then again, this is also just a, a rumor. This that might not even be true. Uh, but it's looking like um, Gaspard Uliel, who is a French actor. Um, it looks like he will be portraying Anton Mogart, who is the Midnight Man, which is a character that was introduced in Moon Knight number three, 
back in uh, early early also 80s. Also, great pronunciation, by the way. I hope that is pronounced right. Um, <laughs> we're going. Yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, but the Midnight Man is actually interesting, um, depending on how much Moon Knight they're going to do. Um, the Midnight Man actually works for Raoul Bushman, who is uh, typically Moon Knight's arch enemy. He is the man who is responsible for changing Mark Spector, or for getting Mark Spector changed into the Moon Knight um, when he shoots and kills him. But uh, that could be an interesting play if they were to, you know, this season we had this Midnight Man working for a mysterious person who ends up being, you know, the future, see maybe season two villain that is Raul Bushman. Um, but the question that still remains here is is um exactly who is ethan hawk going to be playing um i think it would be a travesty if he is playing ronald bushman i don't I, that just doesn't work obvious obvi- for obvious reasons um so that question is still up in the air who is ethan hawk playing in this a lot of people have speculated that he will be playing the black specter uh, but there is absolutely no information out there about who he could be playing. We have heard some comments from Ethan Hawke about, you know, his excitement for the show and his excitement for working with Oscar Isaac specifically. Um, but we have zero indication of what, of which character he will be playing. Uh, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah. Which is good on them. I mean, no, I think, I mean, good on Marvel for keeping it under wraps. I mean, I, I in, in an age of social media where we're seeing all kinds of random Right. news stories about, you know, trailer releases and bit, tidbits of information uh, to keep that one under wraps. I, you know, that that's good on them. And honestly, when you've got talent like Oscar, Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke, you know, I would rather know <laughs> less and then let exactly. them surprise me because they're, they're great. So. Exactly. I have to, I have to agree, which leads us into a story uh, that we just, we just, we just need this to happen. Yeah, so we're on week two of trailer, trailer watch. watch again. If you if you're Anchorman fans, you know Panda Watch. Shout out to uh, Ron Burgundy um, and and the and the News Five or whatever they are <laughs> uh, anchor team um, in San, San Diego. Diego. <laughs> so you know there was a rumor we talked about on the last weekly that that was gonna the the trailer for Spider Man No Way Home was gonna drop on last Thursday. <laughs> that obviously did not didn't happen. happen. <laughs> yeah, didn't happen. Don't worry about it. You didn't miss anything. Um, I think realistically from things that I've seen uh, that pe- people I trust on Twitter uh, that are connected to the MCU, they're saying realistically uh, we're still a little bit of ways. We're going to get another trailer for uh, Venom. Uh, which would be Carnage before which we honestly see No makes Way sense. Home. They, they, need, they yeah, need to sell Venom more than they need to sell Spider-Man. Spider-Man sells, himself, sells itself just being in the MCU, people are already so psyched for Spider-Man, but there are still some quality questions to uh, Venom. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you think. Um, and I, even when we get the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home, we're not yeah. going to see anything. This is Marvel's trademark. Uh, you're not going to see Toby. Mo- like, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to be wrong because I don't want them to spoil the movie for me. Um, one of the big things I hate is when I like, I loved a quiet place too, but I knew everything right. that was going to happen. And I felt that I, I actually, I felt that way about story. invisible man. I know a lot of people loved invisible man, but yeah. none of those, you know, cause it's supposed to be, you know, a thriller. I'm supposed to be on the edge of my seat, but all the things that 
we're supposed to put you on the edge of your seat. We're, well, we're supposed to put me on the edge of my seat. We're in the trailer. And so that really took away. So I hate, like you, like you said, I hate when, you know, in DC and Warner Brothers have an issue with this, um, where they, they, they give do. me the whole yeah, movie. And, and Marvel's kind of picked, yeah. And Marvel's kind of picked this up a little bit. They've been putting like last shots, mm-hmm. like the widow. Uh, shot that's at the end of the movie. I'd rather stay away from all that. That's just my personal preference. I like to be surprised. Um, but to that end, I mean, realistically, if we're going to see anybody other than like the Spider-Man crew, so like Ned, Spider-Man, uh, MJ, Doctor Strange, maybe, maybe yeah. um, you're not going to see, I would be utterly stunned, stunned silence if you saw Toby, if you saw yeah. Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Kirsten you know, Dunst, yeah. you know, uh, Alfred Molina. You're not I think see it would be an interesting MCU callback if they ended the trailer with Tobey Maguire appearing and saying, hey, everyone. Much in the way that Tom Holland did. But again, I just don't want to. I don't, don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Like, is he in he's it? Yeah, in he's it. probably in it. Like, let's be honest. Like, but then again, with all the, probably the, the worst kept secret you know, Marvel, with all the multiverse like, stuff coming, what, you know, what can they show? Yeah, but like, also, if it's revealed that Tobey Maguire is Ralph Boner the second, I will literally lose my ever loving mind. That is like one of the things, one of the most annoying things. So like, if they're gonna do it and they want to show me Tobey Maguire, just confirm right. that he is Spider Man, yeah. and we'll move on with our lives. But like, I don't want to see it. Like, give me the the sneak peek at like J.K. Simmons and right. him. Like, yeah, like, let, out, let the trailer uh, focus you know, mostly on. Yeah. Holy crap! Everyone now knows that I'm Spider Man. And then yeah, fill, I don't in, want to see yeah. Matt fill in all the other stuff later. Not, none of that. Yep, just give me a few sizzle yeah. shots and I'll be but fine. So on that, on week two of trailer on that watch, note, though, I am that's where I'm honestly maybe even more. Ex- no, I, I don't even think excited. Sorry, I'm more anticipatory for a Venom trailer number two because they that They've first trailer is not good. It's not. And I'm worried about, and I, I, I hoped Andy Serkis would bring but some it, life it just doesn't. into that franchise. And, and again, guys, let's back up. Venom is one of my all-time favorite. Oh, I bad agree. Movies. Oh, 100%. I love that movie. It is so stupid. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk I about love some it. stupid like, movies here in a bit. Yeah, but like, I love Venom. I like when I'm bored and I don't know what to watch. I usually flip on like Venom yeah. or Ant Man of the Wasp. Those are like my two go-to's. So like, I love it. But like to me. If this PG thirteen, yes. I'm gonna have well, issues. I think they, because I you think cannot do carnage. That. Don't hold me to it. I got but carnage I hope doesn't. Not. I, hope I don't know. Not. We'll because see. Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. But yeah, let's not get on with that tangent. But like again, I would into, on day or week two of trailer watch anticipate Venom before right. we maybe see no way home maybe trailer, not so. even get that Sorry. trailer until Sorry. Venom, which would God. I don't know that they go. I, I mean, I Real, realistically, yeah. I'm thinking Shang Chi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which that's, would be that's September. probably the target. So, but okay. So moving on to another corner of the MCU, Peyton Reed uh, confirmed today. Actually, this today Monday, um, as the very first day of principal photography on Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Um, and hello, yep, Kang the Conqueror. Hello, Kang. Which, oh, um, coincidentally, he he, you know, to do that, he posted a picture of the ugly rabbit stuffed animal that Scott gave to Cassie <laughs> in the first Ant-Man movie, which, you know, hopefully that means that on the first day of principal photography where we were, they were working with uh, our new Cassie Lang. 
Yep. We're going to, like we talked about a little bit in our uh, Loki deep dive, you're going to get Kang the Conqueror. We know that from this movie. Um, we, we also know that Young Avengers is the, the worst kept secret in the Marvel Cinematic right. Universe right now. And you're going to see uh, Cassie Lang as stature, um, I, would, yeah. I would imagine. Maybe not actually as stature in the as movie, a but vari- a variation that, would, that would not surprise me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, agreed. I mean, that's coming. Like I said, when Ant-Man came out, I was very skeptical. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be the dumbest movie they'd ever done. And now Ant-Man is probably the most important uh, hero they've so. got in the MCU. Uh, because without Ant-Man, uh, Endgame doesn't happen. And without Ant-Man, we're, you know, Fantastic yes. Four probably doesn't happen. Um, and Kang the Conqueror, you know, the, 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 the rise to stop him probably doesn't happen. So shout out to, shout out to Paul Rudd for being the real MVP of the MCU. So. Yeah, absolutely. I have nothing else to add to that. I'm just very excited for Quantumania, and Peyton Reed hasn't let us down so far, and including his episodes of The Mandalorian, which are all fantastic. Um, and Bingo. you know, I think he's probably one of the underrated, most underrated directors in the MCU. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He had he had a tough job when he came into yes, he did. Edgar Wright situation, and he capitalized. Um, and and he yeah, and he and he killed it. Um. Uh, moving on, we'll move a little bit quicker here. Um, uh, Michaela Cole I, in other MCU news, uh, she, uh, I guess is kind of, I've never seen, I may destroy you I now, but, either. uh, apparently, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big show. Uh, she has been cast in black Panther. We'll Wakanda some forever. People down here. I think uh, there's a lot of, sp- <laughs> yeah, guys don't take it personally. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I've, I've, I'm wrong every day of my life. So um, she is not playing storm period in the story. I don't think she's playing Aurora Monroe. Uh, I would imagine that she's some piece of the Dora Milaje, or uh, maybe she's a character like white tiger uh, in the comics, but the MCU is not introducing mutants in a Wakanda forever storyline that is also introducing Namor and Atlantis. It's just not happening. Um, So, Sorry, burst the bubble. She's well, not, not yeah, storm. And, and you know we'll get storm eventually. And, 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 and the thing is, I, I don't even think you know you could even look at the rumors separating. You know, maybe she's just Aurora Monroe in this movie. No, I, I, I mean, I think that there is a negative no. percent chance that this actress is portraying Aurora Monroe or Storm in this movie. Yeah, that's not to take anything oh, away from well, her. I just, definitely know. If if they if if. If they did that, I would be very yeah. upset because that's just not no, the way you it just doesn't work mutants into this. It, it, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. work for me. So agreed. And so now, yeah, that's all exactly. I and so <laughs> that that ends our uh, MCU segment for the day, um, and we're going to move on to some other corners of the nerddom. Um, I have recently finished watching uh, the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix, based off of R.L. Stein's. Fear Street books. And I'm sure a lot of you, you know, maybe not all of you have read Fear Street, but I'm sure a lot of you know what Goosebumps are. And that is also Arl Stein. Yeah. Yeah, So they created this trilogy of movies, you know, that are, you know, their own story in and of themselves, but also an ode to um, styles of horror that we've seen in films for years so part one is in 1994 and, you know, very light spoilers. I'm not going to spoil the whole story here. Um, but 
part one is in 1994. So we've got a lot of scream vibes to part one. Um, the reviews on part one are very, very positive. Um, but I don't necessarily agree with them. And in this part, this could be because I am not a fan of scream or scream type horror, like slasher type things. I don't, I don't care for that. Um, it doesn't scare me. And if I'm going to watch a horror, I want to be a horror movie. I want to be scared. Um, so I, I think I would give the part one a 7.8. You know, there there's some good things about it. It sets up the overall story, which is a really good story. But as a whole, I don't, I, I think this is the weakest of the three. Part two is in 1978. Obviously because of that, uh, it, focuses pretty heavily on the type of horror you see in Halloween and Friday the 13th. You know, it's, you know, it takes place at a, at a teen summer camp and killings start happening from there. You know, you, yeah, you're getting, Typical. you're getting yeah. Michael Myers vibes from, from the uh, antagonist. This was definitely more up my alley. And I think it was bolstered by Sadie Sink, who I think from stranger things uh, fame, I think she's an excellent actress and she definitely bolstered this film. I'd give part two an 8.5 out of 10. Um, it's this type of horror was just more to my taste. Um, I think there were some better, you know, I'm not a huge fan of jump scares, but there were some better scares in this, in that, in part two. Um, but part three was for me far and away the best of the three. Um, this, this one jumps back in time all the way to 1666. So you get a lot of supernatural horror in this one. Um, some some witch trial type stuff. It, it has a lot of, you know, you can see a lot of the witch starring Anya Taylor Joy in this movie, um, and it and it really does. Not only does it do an excellent job of being a story on a, a horror story on its own, but it also at the same time culminates the overall Fear Street trilogy storyline. And I think it juggles those two storylines very well. And I actually give Part Three a nine. I think Part Three is very good. Um, and it is the best acted of the three films as well. Um, so if you're in the mood for some, I wouldn't even call it horror. I'd say probably light horror. Then, you know, it is very heavy on the blood and gore. And um, it's it's definitely not a not a, 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 a trilogy you want to show your kids, even though your kids may have read Fear Street. Um, it's definitely not for your kids to be watching this. Uh, but if you're in the mood for uh, some good horror, I think, Fear Street. I would definitely recommend Fear Street to everybody else. Um, but moving on nice. to another section of the nerddom, we're going to talk about Frank Herbert's Dune, who got that got its second trailer, uh, Denny Villeneuve's adaptation of Frank Herbert's Dune. Um, I liked the trailer. It was a very long trailer, three minutes and yeah, about three, 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 three and a half minutes. minutes. Very yeah. long trailer, but. I, th- I assume it's a very long trailer for an extremely long movie. So, um, and, and I hope yeah, it is. And, and I hope I it is. is. Um, the movie looks good. It's got a good atmosphere to it. The cast is rock star top. Yeah. Top unreal. Yeah. Um, but the big question I have for this movie is how it will do financially. If you look at Denny Villeneuve's history, you know, all of his movies are so well received, but don't make the money. Prisoners, fantastic film. Everyone, you know, loves that film, but everyone saw it after it was in the theaters. You know, it didn't make money. Arrival. Right. Um, I know you don't love it quite as much as I. Arrival quite as much as I do. Yeah, but I did uh, not. <laughs> you know, it didn't make a lot of money, but you know, was very well received. 
Um, and then the big one, uh, Blade Runner 2049. You know, there are other Denny Villeneuve movies. Uh, Sicario is an excellent film. Um, but Blade Runner 2049 was expected to make so much more money than it did. It was a flop financially. Yep. Even though it is a great movie and a great follow-up to Blade Runner, which is one of the best science fiction movies of all time. Um, but what, what do you think about this? What, how, how do you think this movie fares? Yeah. I don't, I, this is, this is tough, right? Because I know legendary, um, and Warner brothers have kind of had it out yeah. over this movie. Um, legendary did not want this movie in any way, shape or form to come out right. on HBO max. Neither did Denny they Villeneuve. want this a hundred percent. Right. They a hundred percent want this in the theaters. I don't know that we've ever satisfied like what exactly they're doing. My understanding at this point is that it's going to come out on HBO yeah. max. Yep. Just like Kong, um, no, it definitely Godzilla. Is. I don't think they've changed. Yeah. I haven't seen anything changing that to this point. Um, and I think that kills it. Right. I mean, uh, you may get some folks. I'll probably go see it in a the theater just cause I'm, Oh, I'm definitely like going to see this like in the theater. Yeah. Your traditional yeah. sci-fi movie buffs are going to go see it. Just like we saw 2049 yeah. in the theaters. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm not seeing the money in it, uh, which sucks because I, from what I understand, and I haven't read the Dune books. Um, but I, I think there's multiple adaptations well, so the, off this movie. The big part, where so the, the theory and the, and some of the rumor that is, I don't, I don't, I, no, don't call me on this. I don't know if this is 100% confirmed, but the, the idea is that this movie doesn't even cover the whole first book. Well, in that but case, in the, but that's, make that, that's the unique issue here is that they didn't green light yeah. the sequel. Yeah, well, here's the other problem too. This is, I guess, this is newsworthy. But like, for anybody that didn't see, Legendary is apparently yes. shopping itself for um, change compared as to part other... of a merger. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing's going to compare to the forty whatever some odd mm-hmm. billion dollars that right. Fox yeah. got. But like, Legendary, and let's be honest, the logical buy is by yeah. Warner Brothers because they already distribute all their movies. Um, and this is part of the problem for me, right? Like. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, I'm a lawyer by trade. I'm I'm no longer practicing, but like there is a, a an antitrust laws out there to prevent right. like major monopolies. But apparently nobody cares in the entertainment industry because whenever Mickey Mouse or Warner Brothers want to go they buy something, it. they just go buy it and nothing it doesn't matter. Like and, and again, there's positives and negatives of that. I'm not gonna get into mm-hmm. opine about that. But like what happens is when Warner Brothers buys legendary, all they care about is a bottom right. line. So when a movie like Dune, while I think it looks great and I think it will be a great movie based on the track Correct. record of the director yeah. and what I've seen so far, if it's not making money, they're not yeah, producing. They're not going to do it, right? This this is they've got to pay for that purchase. Okay, so you're going to have less people working on those movies because you shut down another studio. It's the same thing that Disney did with uh, right. Fox Searchlight. That's going to go away. Blue Sky's gone away. You know, Legendary is going to go away and form it up into Warner Brothers. So now they have all the right. Harry Potter and, uh, you know, all that crap. So that's part of the problem for me. Like, well, you know, and it's, it's in also movie inter- space. And, and that's what's interesting because um, Legendary sold in 2016 for three and a half billion. Um, but right now, according to those same articles, they're shopping it for even less than that. Which is interesting because yeah, I mean they've lost a ton well, of market share. MGM just sold to Amazon for eight million billion, and all they have is James Bond. Right. I know that's a huge name, James but I mean Legendary produced all the Godzilla movies with their partnership with Toho. 
they've, you know, they produced, they created and produced Detective Pikachu. You know, there are so many movies that Legendary has their handle on. I mean, and they've even started going away from the, those action tent poles. I mean, they, they made Black Klansman one of the best movies in the last yep. five, six years. Yeah. So, I mean, I realistically I'm concerned for Dune. Um, I'm concerned that, you know, the purchase mm-hmm. of legendary is going to shut down another studio. It'll be interesting and- to see what their HBO, how the HBO max viewing numbers play into the decision to yeah. make the sequel, to finish the story. Right. Um, yeah. So, and, and just a, I guess a quick other news, news note, uh, based on, uh, your reference to detective Pikachu. <laughs> I know we're maybe going out yeah, a little order, but you yeah. perfect segue. Um, so apparently there has been an announcement that a live action Pikachu or, uh, not Pikachu Pokemon, uh, show is coming to Netflix. Uh, I grew up playing, uh, you know, Absolutely. blue, red and yellow, silver, gold, um, uh, you know, whatever the aqua <laughs> color one was, I can't remember anymore. Um, but I think this was another big whiff for Warner brothers. You just got done distributing detective Pikachu. It made $433 million worldwide. Uh, you have a franchise that, you know, apparently you have a good relationship with Nintendo game freak and monsters Inc who, uh, control the right. rights to Pokemon from my understanding. Um, and, and you've let Netflix come in and buy it out from under you again, when this would have been a perfect, uh, tie into Detective Pikachu on HBO Max. Uh, I think it's a big whiff. Now, if Netflix does whatever, uh, does something like whatever that trailer you sent me was, I will literally oh, cry myself to yeah. sleep in horror because whatever that Ooh, sexy yeah. beast trailer thing you sent me, yeah, that's holy a, Jesus. Like, see, as long as it's not if like you guys that, see we'll, we'll be weird. okay. Watch, watch the trailer for Sexy Beasts. I think it's some sort of reality show. On yeah, Netflix. I'm not going to, usually I put, but if you, yeah. I usually try to post things that we right, reference on Twitter. I'm not doing that. But, so. you know, I, I um, think for this, I'm just yeah, confused so. on the contracts. Because I look at something like, um, yeah. you know, the guy that's supposedly, you know, the guy that's create, that's developing this Pokemon show, he is also the showrunner who has run um, Lucifer for the, so long. And if you haven't watched Lucifer, it's a great show. But um, that show is ending, which is, you know, leads to him moving on to a new show like Pokemon. But that show is a Warner Brothers production that is put on by Netflix, that is distributed by Netflix. So I just don't know how this works. I don't know how it works. Like, so are there, is there an agreement? Did they get money from Netflix to do this? Is this, you know, I've they seen the idea so. <laughs> that maybe Detective, because they are separate games, maybe Detective Pikachu and Pokemon in general are two different IPs, so they were distributed in different ways. You know, I just, I, I don't understand this this particular contract situation. Um, you know, with Godzilla, yeah, I mean, that's pretty I, Again, I just think it's a big right? you know, whiff. But I, I don't know. Yep. Because at the same time, Legendary does, I do believe Legendary does um, produce the animated Godzilla shows that are yeah, Netflix I think that's right. exclusives. So I, I just, I just right. don't know how it works. I don't know what that means. It, it just doesn't seem, it Warner just doesn't Brothers seem, you know, even if it is a Warner brothers production, why wouldn't you put your Warner brothers production on HBO max? Like, what do you, what did we do it? I do believe that's yeah. where you watch po- detective Pikachu right now too. It's on HBO max. I do. Believe. Yeah. I, uh, yep. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that's right. Anyway, 
But we'll jump back. Oh, yeah. So another bit. Of, yeah. Go ahead. Far away. We're uh, we're we're getting a Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer tomorrow. Um, well, today yes, I guess if you're listening, listening to this on Tuesday, Tuesday so. you should hop on YouTube right now. I assume that trailer is probably live for you. But um, we were begging the question of, are you excited? I am optimist. I am cautiously optimistic about this. Um, yep. I'll be honest. I didn't really hate the uh, Ghostbusters. I, I didn't hate McCarthy, it either. You know, so. um, Hate it me wasn't, for you know, it. it wasn't I guess. a fantastic I don't know, movie. It wasn't a. It, it didn't feel like no. Ghostbusters in the way that you know the original one does. But it was. It was a funny movie in its own right. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I really actually. Um, I like <laughs> the little short they put out a while back with the mini Stay Puft yeah. Marshmallow Men, Marshmallow Kids. I guess. Yep. I thought that one that was really good and kind of haunting at the same time, like Ghostbusters should be funny but point. haunting yeah. at the same yeah. time. Um, you know, it, it, it helps that, you know, this is a family, a family movie in terms of, you know, the director is the son of, you know, Ivan Reitman who created Ghostbusters. Um, you know, I, I have hopes for this. I, I, I don't know enough about it yet, but I, I, you know, nope. you know maybe we'll find tomorrow, out today yeah. or tomorrow. Well, tomorrow uh, for us, yeah, today, today for, for all of you, all, everybody um, else. So. Uh, but, I mean, that's all I really got to say. I'm going to watch this trailer and maybe next week we'll let you know what we get, what we think of this trailer. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of new things, uh, kind of shocking. We, we were scouring the, the internet to make sure we didn't miss anything before our show today. We really weren't planning uh, on talking. The about early this. reactions. No, not at all. And I, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't planning on watching it. Uh, this weekend necessarily. I, I knew I would eventually watch it because like I said, our wives are Disney dorks and so are we. And, uh, but jungle cruise early reactions are coming out and I'll be honest, I scoured and I didn't find a single one that was negative. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, the rock and Emily Blunt are strong enough, uh, personalities to carry this franchise. I think to me, it looked real cheesy. It looked like, uh, pirates of the Caribbean, like one off, but like right. not as good. Uh, so I was interested. Um, but early reactions are good. So I'll probably spend the 30 bucks. I'm not going to theater to see it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it on premier access and call it a day, but I'll watch it now. So they've, they've done their job. I guess if that is just a marketing ploy, good, good on you. You got me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, congratulations. I guess. Watching the I trailers. Know. I thought, you know, this looks way too similar to Pirates of the Caribbean. But apparently in these in these early oh, yeah. reactions, yeah. apparently that's a good thing. Um Yeah, I mean that's what it seems like. They they seem to yeah, like that, the pirates you know, feel, so. so if it's yeah, more yeah. like, you know, Curse of the Black Pearl, then excellent. Sign me up. But if it ends up being more like the yeah, recent I'll Pirates be, films, um I'm gonna stay the hell away from that one, I think. I'll be honest, I'm probably not the best judge on that because one Pirates one, two and three are I'll I'll go to war oh. for those movies. I I freaking Pirates One is uh, Stranger Tides. Yeah, not so much. I uh, wasn't a big fan of the new one. Yeah, I can't even remember the title. That's how much it sticks yeah. with us. Nope. Um, but yeah, so you know, we'll let you guys know what we think of Jungle Cruise. Um, you know, for all intents and purposes, you can't you can't uh, say The Rock isn't you know the hardest working person in freaking Hollywood right now. I'll tell you that much. Um, but we're going to move into another section of the nerddom that we haven't really touched on too much. Yeah. This is the first, first for us. You know, I, I know this is only our second week review, but we have multiple hours of uh, recordings so far. 
and we're going to talk about gaming a little bit. We got we got appreciate the, the yeah, milestones, exactly. man. So this is going to be our first foray. Foray. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Can't even speak oh. into uh, into gaming. Uh, Tanner and I, you know, we haven't talked about it too much. Tanner and I do play a lot of video games. Um, a lot of there are a lot of games we play together. You know, and there's a lot of other games that we've played at the same time. You know, we just love games, sports games, everything. Sometimes we like to play by ourselves. Yeah, like I definitely, before. you know, there are sometimes I, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just need that, you know, but speaking of playing a game by myself, <laughs> down the rabbit hole, we go. Well, <laughs> this is great podcasting oh here. I have been playing the Legend of Zelda Skyward Stored HD which is a remake of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword that was on the Wii. And I will have to say that, you know, I absolutely love Zelda, um, The Legend of Zelda. I've played all almost every single one of Link's, adv- Link's adventures, and the one holdout was this game. Um, I, I remember buying it on the Wii when it first came out, but it forced you into these motion controls, and I hated that. Um, so I played maybe 30 minutes of it and said, you know what? I can't do this. And I put it down and never touched it again. So this new one has come out with the option to play with a controller. Um, and I have to say the controller controls are even worse. Um, they don't really change much of the control scheme. You still have to use, so you end up using the right stick as your sword and you still have to use directional controls with the right thumbstick. And so that doesn't work for me. But what I will say is with the um, advancements with the Joy-Cons on the, on the Nintendo Switch, the motion controls are much improved. So that's how I have been playing it, actually, is the motion controls. Um, they are much more responsive when using the Joy-Cons. Um, and what I've come to find out is I still don't love the controls. You know, that is the main downside of the game. But... Being able to play it now, I can now see that this is a really good story. This is actually an origin story, really, for you know Hyrule and all of the Link's adventures that are very, very thinly connected. You know, um, other store, other Zelda stories are connected, just not very narrative. You know, it's they're very thin. So you you get to see the origin of the Master Sword the origin of, you know, Hyrule itself. And, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% completed it yet, but I am well over halfway through it. I am enjoying myself. It's a great story. Um, but it does beg the question of what's coming next. You know, we have Breath of the Wild 2 on its way. They say 2022. Yeah. You know, Tanner and I both put dozens of hours, like most At people, but yeah. dozens and dozens of hours into Breath of the Wild. It is... One of the, you know, it is the game of of a decade. You know, there aren't many games like it. Um, but where does that leave us for Zelda? Tyler Fisher, comic book, has written about a rumor that more remasters are coming. Um, this is both good and bad for me. I will always be re- returned to these stories. Um, I returned to uh, Link's Awakening when they remade it for the Switch, and it was good. It was it was very well made. Um, but they are the, the rumor is that we are going to see Wind Waker on the Switch, Twilight Princess on the Switch, which is interesting for those two because they have already been remastered. They were remasters on the Wii U. So I don't see much change happening for those two when they 
get ported to the Switch. Obviously, I will play them again because Wind Waker is probably my favorite Zelda entry, uh, Legend of Zelda entry. But the other final rumor there is that there is a remaster of one of the most controversial decisions in Zelda, in Zelda game making. Um, there was a there was a duology of games called Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, and there wasn't much of a difference between the two games. It was kind of their way to capitalize on the Pokemon's tendency to release two at once. You know, we have Sword and Shield, Red and Blue, you know, all, all of those um, duologies. They did that with Oracle of Season and Oracle of Ages. It, You know, some say it works, some say it didn't. I won't get into that too much, but I will say I'd be excited for that remaster. But really, all of this is just to bide time for Breath of the Wild 2 um, coming next yep. year, I hope. Uh, but... We, we hope, we hope. Uh, but there, you know, this isn't the end. We have, we have a few gaming stories. Tanner's going to take us into a little bit of uh, Norse mythology next. Yeah. So um, I know it's probably like nobody wants to hear this because like I'm one of the few holdouts, but uh, I am still neck deep in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, it's been one of my favorite entries into the Assassin's Creed franchise, although I'm not 100% sure why it's called Assassin's Creed. Uh, Very very thinly veiled in terms of its connection with some of the uh, Assassin's Creed games that have come before. If they would have called it just like Valhalla and not called it Assassin's Creed, I think the game works just as well, Um, if not better. Yeah, I mean, I've put 160-some-odd hours into this game by now. I'm about 100% complete, um, but... We got news today that the uh, most recent DLC, so they had Wrath of Druids, uh, which took you to Ireland, uh, which uh, took me about 20 to 30 okay. hours, I think, um, to, to get 100% completion on it. Yeah, I only played the main um, game. And then, I haven't touched the DLCs yet. Yeah. It, it was pretty good. Um, I, I mean, I liked it. It's an expansion giving me something to do. But they are also dropping a new DLC, which is supposed to be I believe similar in size, uh, Siege of Paris on August. The I 12th. am more so interested in this. If you're one. still playing, there you go. Uh, so if you and I think you're going to get one-handed swords oh, in this update. So a, there's that, or maybe we maybe we just got it. I'll take that. Um, yeah. I haven't played uh, in a couple weeks, but uh, that game specifically. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for more Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. So that's what I'm playing yeah. right now. Um, and then our final gaming story. Um, this is a little bit old. This happened. This did happen um, just over a week ago. But we, we we thought we'd touch on it here while talking about the other games. Um, Valve, who is the company that also runs Steam, which a lot of PC gamers obviously know because that's where they get a lot of games from. They announced the new Steam Deck, which is basically a portable PC. Um, it looks cool. It looks a little bit large and unwieldy. Um, there are questions on to its on its longevity. How how long will it be able to play the top of the line PC games? Um, it, because it is quite pricey. The top there are three trims. It starts at three ninety nine. Then there is uh, it goes all the way up to um, just over six hundred dollars, I do believe, for the big one. Uh, but you know, it is for all intents and purposes a handheld PC. You know, you can play games at super high frame rate. Um, albeit at 720p, which is fine considering how small the screen is. Um, you can also connect it to a dock and play on a monitor. There, it's got full multiplayer capability. Um, it, you can connect any peripheral that you own. 
that you could also connect to your gaming PC. It will work with the Steam Deck. Um, it looks like a cool piece of hardware, um, but the big question is how much pressure does that put on Nintendo to release the Switch Pro? A lot of people are very unhappy with the Nintendo Switch OLED model, um, which is, seems like kind of a a cop-out um, upgrade, you know, just upgrading the screen and the, the kickstand. Um, you know, I am a Nintendo fanboy. I'm sure I will still buy that, um, but... There is a little bit more pressure now, I think, on Nintendo to release a Switch Pro. You know, maybe not something as powerful as this. You know, I don't want to spend $600 on a Nintendo console. But <laughs> I think it does put a little bit more pressure on Nintendo to give us something sooner rather than later. A lot of people thought that was going to happen this year. Turns out all we got is a is the same Switch with an OLED screen. Um, you're going to have to up your allowance if they, yeah. you're going to get that thing. Yeah, basically. That's what I'm hearing. Basically. <laughs> uh, so... That, that that concludes our, our gaming segment. We'll keep coming back to gaming. You know, we like I said, Tan and I play a lot of video games. We'll we'll keep coming back to that. But we do have a few reviews to get through. Um, we won't talk we'll spend too much time on these. These are probably yeah. We'll go through quick these quick hits before we get to the comic corner for this week. Um, but Tan is going to lead us off with our first review. Yeah. So uh, as everyone knows, if you listened to us last week, Ted Lasso episode one dropped this week. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't watched it, it is my favorite show is, on television right now. It is right just now. incredible. If you, need, if you are in a bad mood, you're sad, something's going on in your life, you need just something to pick you up, you know, no judgment here, whatever you need. Ted Lasso is a yep. home run. It will make you instantly. feel better. From, from um, the moment it ep- starts. Instantly. Yeah, and, and, and I'll be honest, I waited. I didn't watch, uh, I didn't watch this until months after its mm-hmm. initial release. And I've probably been through this season. It's it's quick. Um, I think I, I think the whole season, first season is maybe like two and a half, yeah. three hours. They're thirty minute episodes, ten episodes. It's pretty quick. Um, thirty thirty ish yeah. minutes. Um, so episode one of season two just came out. Uh, I, thought I thought it was, it was hilarious. Great. It yeah, it hit on some emotional points. Again, I'm not big on like I'm not going to spoil it, but there's some things. But, that you know, there's like, one thing that I'm hoping like, changes. Maybe maybe when we give our yeah. impressions on episode two, we will also do spoiler for episode one. Yeah. We don't want to spoil things now. It just came out. Uh, but no. but yeah, yeah I, I, gave, I gave the first episode a, a I'd have to. I'd have to agree. A, a solid, yeah. perfect. You know, it was, I, I love it. It, it hits you right off the bat with the funny, um, you know, the questioning my, if football is life. My, you know? Yeah. I mean, my only question. And and I go back and forth on this. Like I would love to have all thirteen episodes of Ted Lasso right now, so I go and burn through them. Um, I'm glad that they're kind of making me wait on it. I think. But I like, will say I do. They're only 30, 30 some odd minutes. I for need, the first I season, <laughs> they they did the, the they went the route of Amazon. They released the first three to begin with because I did yeah. watch it when it first came out. It was you know, I, I, it was about the week after the first three had dropped. So I, at the time there were four, um, but. I, I like that model. I think a little bit more than just the straight week yeah. to week. Give me those first few, get me sucked in, and then make me wait week to week. Yeah, and I think all the reviewers have seen yeah. the first three, so yeah. that would have been nice. But I, I know why they're doing it. This thing's going to run until October. And, and and now they're not giving out free one-year passes uh, with right. your, your purchases yeah. anymore starting in July. So now they want to yep. keep you on the hook. So I, I, I can't remember the cost of Apple TV+, Plus, but I don't think it's – too much. Uh, I just started. I just started paying, yeah. and I don't even know. I, I don't yeah. even want to look at it. But moving on, we're gonna 
Okay, I'm going to touch on this very quickly. You know, we debated on even putting <laughs> this in there. I went to see F9, Fast and Furious 9. Um, I, Tanner and I joke about this a lot. I'm a longtime fan of Fast and Furious. It is kind of like a guilty pleasure for me. Um, but it seems that Fast and Furious <laughs> has kind of hitting the end of the road for Ian. I got into this because I... I, I, I may not. I'm, I might be, you know, the once removed. Um, I got into Fast and Furious because I love cars. I'm a big car person. I read news about cars. I like. I like cars. Not but in yeah, spaceships. You know, I'm not into taking Pontiac Fieros <laughs> to space. Um, it is dumb, guys. This movie is dumb. There is some cool action. Don't get me wrong. It wouldn't be a Fast and Furious without cool action. But God, is it? You know, and they've always been unrealistic. Going back to, you know, they've gotten more unrealistic as they've went on, obviously. But, you know, this one is just, you know, it, it, these guys should be dead by now, Tanner. Um, so, you know, because of what it is, because of what it's, it's, it's done for films, you know, it, you know, people go see this. This th- these these movies help theaters so much. I give it a seven point seven. Yeah, they still I give it a seven point seven. That's very high, guys. I probably shouldn't give it that high. Um, it's stupid. That's just to keep Dominic Toretto out of your bedroom. I mean, it ba- night, right? basically, <laughs> don't want to. It's bad. <laughs> it's it's dumb, guys. But speaking of dumb, we're also I'm also going to review Snake Eyes, GI Joe Snake Eyes. When you're comparing this to Fast 9, I had a lot of fun in sitting in the theater by myself watching Snake Eyes. It is dumb, but it's supposed to be. Fast and Furious should have some semblance of realism to it. If anyone who was a fan of G.I. Joe, like the, the, like the animated series and the action figures and all that, you know that there's a fantasy element to the G.I. Joe universe. They jump in on this. I'll lead off with guys. The story is not good. It's it's not particularly well written. But Henry Golding is having a blast of Snake Eyes, um, and I'm sorry I'm blanking on his name, but the actor, great actor, he's um, the lead in the show Warriors on HBO Max. You guys should check that out if you haven't. Very good if you're into anything martial arts. Um, but the actor that pl- portrays uh, Storm Shadow, which is basically the Cobra equivalent of Snake Eyes. Great action. It, it gives you the backstory between the two characters that I didn't know I cared about until I watched the movie. Um, dialogue's cheesy. Writing is cheesy. Story doesn't put doesn't seem put together all that well. But the action is very fun. The actors are having fun. And it actually made me interested in what uh, G.I. Joe could come up with next. I don't want to see them with Transformers, like everyone says. But, you know, I am interested now. After seeing this, I am interested in whatever GI they do with the GI Joe verse. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually do want to see more. I want to see where they take it. Hopefully, Henry Golding continues with that role because you know he is the light. He is the light at the end of the tunnel for this movie. Um, I give that one an eight, uh, a solid eight. And, you know, it was better than it was better solid. than F nine. Um, guys, F nine so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb. So. Um, to get back away from things that are dumb, 
we'll we'll end today's episode. Which is a pretty long episode. We 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 talk a lot, Tanner. Um, I know. We are going to jump into Ian's comic corner, um, and as I've said before, Moon Knight is my favorite character, so that's what we're going to jump up with, guys. Moon Knight is back in his own series. Moon Knight number one released this past Wednesday. Um, I bought many many versions of the of number one, many different covers of number one. I spent a lot of money, but I did read it. It is a very good uh, starting point for a Moon Knight story. Um, if anyone is never read Moon Knight but does want to jump into what this character is, I think this is a great entry point to Moon Knight. Um, you will maybe need some context from his Avengers storyline that just happened a few months ago. Um, I think that's Avengers number 33 through 37. Um, but they do a good job of explaining around it so that you can kind of fill in the dots. Um, but it's really about, it really goes down into the essence of who Moon Knight is. Um, and I think that uh, Jed McKay is really going to take this story to places that the previous, the previous uh, run of Moon Knight did not do. Um, and then the next big release from last week from Marvel was uh, some Star Wars comics. We got uh, another a new Darth Vader. The series is very good. Um, but we also got a, a Bounty Hunter issue focused on Jabba the Hutt. Now, I did not read this story, guys, but um, it was a big uh, story from a collecting standpoint because there was an introduction of a new Bounty Hunter in this story. Um, so everyone at the comic book shop was jumping at this issue because... You know, maybe this first appearance becomes worth money at some point. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I didn't. As yeah, as they do. as they do. Uh, but I didn't read this. But you know, it is something to note just because of how many people were jumping at it um, on the uh, on the comics in the comic sphere. Um, another issue, another comic that came out this week is called M O M Mom, Mother of Madness. Um, again, I didn't read this issue, but it is a an interesting story because Amelia Clark of Game of Thrones fame and Secret Invasion, she actually wrote it. She co-wrote it. Um, um, it's not getting stellar reviews, but again, I haven't read it, so I can't really speak to those. Um, I just thought it was a really cool story because you, you know you don't see that often where you know people from other mediums jump into comics. You know um, that it just doesn't happen that often. So if you're in, if you're an Amelia Clark fan, you should definitely check that out. But I think the biggest story in the comics corner is that Tanner is back in comics. Um, he, he was away for a little while, um, which was probably good for his wallet, um, considering how many comics <laughs> I buy every week. But Tanner's back. Uh, so we're going to let Tanner take it away. What drew, what drew him back into comics and what he's checking out first? Yeah, so, you know, I had a problem for a while when we were in undergrad where we were probably running, I don't know, 10, 12 different storylines yeah. at a time. Yeah. I think we had all new captain America, spider woman, secret <laughs> yeah. war. I mean, we were running them all together and it was putting a dent on our wall. As college um, kids who had no I money. took a, a, right. So I took a, a bit of a hiatus, um, as I kicked up a golf habit, but now that my golf habits kind of leveled out, um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've decided to get back into, get back into collecting again. I mean, I, I've always loved it. Um, you know, I've got some, some comics that I, I, you know, I thoroughly enjoy. I have, you know, for back, 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 back reference, I guess, um, 
big storylines for me are always the Hulk comics. Uh, I love the Black Panther runs. Um, I actually have uh, Shuri's first appearance, which is probably my 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 most prized possession in terms of uh, mm-hmm. comic books. So that old um, Black uh, Black Panther Marvel Knights run is is one Excellent. of my favorites. Um, but it just felt like at the time to get back in it. Uh, you know, we're kicking off this podcast. You know, I have I have some uh, comic book knowledge, but there's always a, a an avenue to expand. Also, if you want a quick way to expand, I know Ian's recommended, and my my brother Caden who hopefully is listening out there somewhere. Uh, they, they both have Marvel unlimited. So if you want to catch up on Marvel comics, you can, yeah, so I'm probably going to look into that, but the, the ones that I purchased, I went through Midtown, which is the big comic shop in New York. Shout out to them. Um, I purchased the Eternals run that's going on right now. By Kieran, uh, Gillen, like I said, in, in our last writer. Very good. Writer. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, like I said, I think in our deep dive, I don't really know, uh, much about the Eternals. So in anticipation of that movie, I wanted to get caught up, get a little feel for it. And, you know, it's not a coincidence they're running an Eternals run right now. So uh, quick, quick cheat guide so I can kind of get a feel for the characters. Same thing with Shang-Chi uh, doing, doing a similar thing with that, that run that's going on right now. Um, and then I also purchased the Moon Knight run per my co-host <laughs> recommendation because I trust him. Um, and then I also pre-ordered uh, Kang, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, he's got a new run coming out, I believe, in September. I'm interested um, to see so how that goes. Yeah, pre-ordered that. Yeah, and then uh, Doctor Strange run that I think st- starts in uh, September as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of my. Th- that's where I'm at right now. So I'm uh, maybe I'll get into uh, a Tanner minor corner <laughs> of Evian's of, of comic uh, rundown uh, in the did future. You, but yeah, looking. Did forward you say to you uh, pre-ordered Dark Ages as well? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, pre-order Dark Ages. I'm interested to see. I think that that's goes. a very interesting um, comic line, comic storyline coming up soon. So it's basically, you know, the world is plunged into darkness, basically, and you know, how will the heroes um, fight back against that? But what's really interesting about that storyline is that Tom Taylor is writing it. Um, he's been huge over at DC for a while, major writing some incredible stories over at DC, um, and he's. Uh, jumping over to the Marvel. Um, and so I'm really, I'm really uh, interested to see what dark, how, how that storyline turns out. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a good week. Uh, hopefully my, my books get here soon uh, and we can run some down with you. Um, but that's all we have for, I know we went well over yeah, we sure did. a lot of time, uh, but stick, you know, stick with us. And we hope we're having a good time because we are uh, give you a preview a little bit of next week quickly. Uh, obviously we're going to do a suicide squad preview because we're both very excited about that. We're just going to go down the, the cast list and tell you who we think is going to live, who we think is going to die. I'll be honest. It's going to be probably like 80 died, 20, yeah. 20%. That might uh, be, that might be optimistic um, still. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And we'll talk about, uh, how you should see the movie. Um, that, that, well, I'm not going to tease too much, but, uh, there may be a better way to, or a more preferred way for most of us to watch yes. the movie. So listen in next week and we'll get you covered on that. And I think, uh, you know, based on the early reviews, I think we're going to have a jungle cruise, uh, review for you, or at least I will. I know Ian's going to be, uh, out and about in the yep. mountains, um, enjoying his time with, with, with some, mm-hmm. some family. So, uh, I'll, I'll at least get caught up on jungle cruise because I have no life. <laughs> um, and, and this is what I do. So, uh, guys, we can't thank you enough. I know we went long today. We hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we continue to have fun and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what we can do better, what you like, what you don't like. 
Um, hit us up anytime you want at in nerdworthy on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, we, we've enjoyed the journey with you so far. We, we see the few of you that are out there listening to us ramble about nothing. Yeah. So thank you. Um, and if you got any questions, like I said, feel free to hit us up. And we, uh, we do hope eventually, you know, as we, as we start getting some more listeners coming in, we do hope to expand the platform a little bit, do some actual video of our podcast, release that up on some, on YouTube and Twitch. Um, so let us know if that's something you guys would like to see as well. But, uh, just like Tanner said, thank you guys for joining along in the, on our, uh, on our journey through, uh, this past week in the nerddom and, uh, it's been uh, a pleasure. Uh, this is for Ian and uh, over there. This is Tanner. There, yeah. See you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Suicide Squad time, baby. Peace out.